ministry of giving. Uh, Let's start talking about it. This week and next week, we're going to talk about this. This week, we're going to talk about the ministry of giving. Next week, we are going to talk about tithing. Someone said, well, isn't tithing part of giving? Actually, no. Tithing is not giving. Tithing is actually returning. Uh, uh, God said that the tithe belongs to me, not me, but him. He said the tithe belongs to me. And so when you tithe, you're not giving a tithe. So I already gave my tithe. Well, no, no, you, you return the tithe. Because God said, hey, God said, hey, I'm going to give you $100. And at the end of the week, if you'll just give me $10 back, I'll treat it as if you gave me the whole 100 back. But you got to have faith that I'll give you another $100. And if you'll just do this, it's an act of faith. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But giving is actually something totally different. Giving, when it comes to finances, people, especially when you come to church, people kind of get tense if you talk about finances. And there's no reason to. I understand because, unfortunately, there's been some abuse within churches when it comes to the preaching about uh, teaching about money and all this stuff, you know, Hey, if you, if you sow a hundred dollars into the church, God's going to bless you with a thousand dollars. Well, maybe he will, maybe you won't. That's not the point of it. Or, Hey, if you will give, if you'll sow into the kingdom of God, he's going to make you a millionaire. Look, the truth of the matter is this. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you are already a gazillionaire because he said, he said, I will meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory. So that means that every one of us as believers in Jesus Christ have no need. Because if we have a need, he's going to meet it. That's the promise. Say, well, do you have a Rolls Royce? Well, if I have a need for a Rolls Royce, he's going to provide one for me, right? (laughs) Otherwise, he's provided the vehicles I have, and I praise God for it, right? Uh, you know, it, it, so in other words, uh, and we were talking about in men's Bible study yesterday, Brother Tokes was, was talking about it, said, we, when you realize that God owns everything, everything, and he said, if you have a need, what is it that you need? I'll provide it. Boy, that just takes the weight of the world. So it doesn't matter if you got $5 in the bank, $5 million in the bank, none of them, that, what matters is, is that you put your faith in God. And you understand. So, you know, if, if you sow into the ministry financially of gathering church, is God going to make you a millionaire? No, he's already made you a gazillionaire, whether you give money or not. If you have faith in him, you, you are wealthier beyond what you understand. Amen? So, uh, to, to take that pressure off of maybe somebody <laughs> that was like, man, we're going to talk about money. Uh, no, this is a blessed thing. This is a blessed thing. We're going to turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to read some in the 8th chapter. We're also going to read some in the ninth chapter. We're going to do a lot of reading today because the Word of God can preach better than I can. So, so just to set up what's taking place, Paul is writing his second letter to the church in Corinth. And, and he's letting them know, hey, here shortly, I'm going to come visit you. And I just want to make sure some things are prepared. Because the first letter, he really had to get on to them about some stuff. And so the second letter, he's like, look, I hope you all know I love you. I know I had to spank you, but, but I love you. And, and here he's talking about, uh, first of all, there's a, there's a great need in the church in Jerusalem at the time. They're under severe persecution. Uh, they are suffering. They're suffering financially. Uh, they're hiding. Some of them are hiding for their lives. And so the church at Corinth, about a year prior, got excited and said, well, look, we need to start taking up an offering for them. So they did a big old fundraising drive. 
and said, we need to get with all the other churches and, and pass the word. We need to take up a collection and send it to the church in Jerusalem. And so it's been about, you know, it's not like they had the internet back then where they could just instantly start communicating to people. So this has been about a year long process. So Paul is letting them know, hey, guess what the church in Macedonia did, okay? So that's where we're picking up. He's telling the church in Corinth, hey, I just got through preaching a revival in Macedonia. And he said, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God and his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles, and they're very poor. I mean, these people, they don't have a whole lot. But they are also filled with abundant joy. Isn't that funny? That these people are poor, yet they're filled with joy. It kind of cues you on to, you know, well, if I have more money, I could be happier. My happiness doesn't come from money. Happiness comes from your faith in God. He said, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. He said, man, these people got nothing. And yet they, they gave not only what little they could, but they figured out how to give more. And he says, this is, this is key. And they did it of their own free will. I didn't twist their arm to do it. I didn't put them on a guilt trip. I didn't manipulate them. They got so fired up about the things of God that they just they, they went above and beyond. He said, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. How many understand that quick offering that we took last week for Pakistan? That was actually a privilege because there were needs. God, God is speaking the same promises to Pakistan. Hey, I will provide for your needs according to my riches and glory. That's a promise. And then he, he taps all of us at Gathering Church, he says, hey, you guys get to be part of my game plan. You guys get to help me provide for their need. Isn't that awesome that we got to actually be part of God's promise? Amen. That was incredible. He said, they begged us again and again for this privilege of sharing the gift of believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. So they did more. What was that? They said for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to. Isn't that awesome? God didn't want their money. God wanted them. So I'm going to tell you that today. Gathering church, God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. If he has your heart, he's got everything about you. Right? He's got your home. He's got your family. He's got your job. He's got your cars. He's got your checking account. He's got your dreams, your hopes, your future. If he has your heart. That's all he's asking. Hey, give everything to me, not just your money. So they said, hey, they first, they gave themselves to the Lord and to us. What does it mean? He meant they gave themselves to the teaching that we, that we gave to them. They didn't become slaves of Paul. They just, they embraced his teaching. And that's what God wanted them to do. And out of giving themselves to the Lord and learning to trust God and have faith, then the next thing they started doing is, hey, here, here, here's an offering. Here's this. They started giving. Because when you trust God, you realize that when you give, you understand, well, he's going to give me more so I can keep giving, you know. Verse 6, so we have urged Titus. Now, he, he's telling him, I'm sending Titus ahead of me because he's going to go make sure you get your offering all organized and all that good stuff. He says, so we have urged Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place 
to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. What you did last week was ministry. When you give, it's ministry. Ultimately, what money is, money is seed, just like everything else. The Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, that and only that shall he reap. So if you sow apples, you're going to get an apple orchard, right? If you sow oranges, you're going to get an orange grove. You're not going to sow coconut seed and get banana trees. That's not how it works, right? If you sow love, what's eventually going to come back to you? Love. If you sow faith, what's going to come back to you? Faith. If you sow money, what comes back to you? Money. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to be a millionaire. Not that there's anything wrong with that if God blesses you in that way. But like I said, you're already gazillionaires because you got everything you need. God's going to provide it. He promised that. So giving in itself is a ministry. Since now he's telling, he's still talking to the Corinth, the, the church at Corinth. Since you excel in so many ways, what do they excel in? You excel in faith. Woo, man, them Corinthians knew how to trust God through everything. They had faith. They had full assurance in God. They were fully persuaded that God was taking care of them. Your gifted speakers, man, them Corinthians knew how to preach and teach. They had some gifted speakers. Your knowledge, man, they had some smart people going to their church. Praise God. We got some smart people in our church. Praise God. Because you got a weird pastor. We need to, we got to counterbalance it with some smart, smart people. And you're through, you excel in your enthusiasm. Man, those Corinthians could get to work and they'd have fun doing it. They were excited to do it. Folk, they were, man, they, they attracted people all the time because of their enthusiasm. And he says, and your love from us. Most translations will say your love for us. Man, you know how to love us and take care of us when we come around. He says, but I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Isn't that awesome? Paul saying, man, you excel in all this stuff. And I want you to learn to excel in this ministry of giving. And I love this echoes our heart because look at the next thing he says. I am not commanding you to do this. He's like, I'm not making a doctrinal point for you to do this. I'm not telling you, if you don't do this, you're out of the organization. <laughs> you're out of the fellowship. And that's how we feel. Those of you who faithfully give, thank you so much. We, we are at, I think I counted this, this uh, just the other day. I was inputting some more. Several of you have committed and said, man, I, this is my home church. Put me down as a member. Uh, I think we're at 95 or 96 members officially. <laughs> Praise God for that. Uh, now, a lot of those are children. Uh, not all of those are, are necessarily givers. And I think we're right at faithful, consistent givers. We're at maybe 38, 39 consistent givers. Praise God for that. I'm believing he's, that's going to grow. Only because I, I just want to see people blessed. But, but whether you give a dime to Gathering Church or not, it doesn't matter. We want to love you. And we want to shepherd you. And we want you to grow in your faith. The way that we're going to be blessed financially at Gathering Church is not by twisting your arm and telling you, you better give. That's, that's going to be between you and God. The way that we're going to be blessed is to be faithful to God's word 
faithful to how he tells us to handle the money that comes in. We tithe off of the tithe that comes in. We tithe, 5% goes to foreign missions, 5% goes to domestic missions. And if we are faithful to what he tells us to do, he'll bless us. So, so the, the church, gathering church being blessed financially is based on our faith in him and our obedience to him. And how he chooses to bring those funds in, he'll do it. Amen. Uh, so you'll never have Pastor Dave twist your arm and tell you you need to give. I will tell you the blessing that comes from giving there's an incredible blessing. And there's a blessing and a covenant that comes from tithing that we'll talk about next week. So let's keep on going. But I, he said, I'm not commanding you to do this. I'm not trying to you know, indoctrinate you here. He said, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches. Saying, ooh, the Macedonians did this. What y'all got? That's kind of what he's saying. Verse 9 says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. So that by his poverty, he could make you rich. What he's, what he's saying here is Christ set the example. Christ was king, and yet he came and he became lowly and poor. So that we who were poor could become rich. Now, rich means a whole lot more than just finances, right? You could be super healthy and only have a few, few dollars to your name, but money doesn't buy health. You could have, and money doesn't buy peace. Money doesn't, you know, money doesn't buy uh, unity in your family. All those wonderful things come from the Lord. That's rich. That's stuff money can't buy. Then he goes on to say, here's my advice. So, woo, if the Apostle Paul's giving advice, I want to hear it. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin to do it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. That man, what a wonderful truth. You know, if, if you're like, hey, Pastor Dave, I want to I become a giver. I want to see, I want to, matter of fact, in Malachi, when it comes to tithe, that's one of the few promises that God says, try me, test me, and see if I won't do this for you. So, give. I always preach this, give according to where your faith's at. Sometimes faith is like walking out on a branch. Y'all remember climbing trees when you were little? Anyone climb trees when you were little? A few of you. Then a few of you had a happy childhood. The rest of y'all, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> climbing trees, man. Climbing trees. My grandparents had a big old three-trunked tree, and we... we climb up on and every now and then you get brave enough to go out on a new branch but you just didn't go rushing out there right you would have to test it right make sure it could hold your weight right and then you'd scoot out a little bit and then you get out and it'd start waving a little bit and you hold up is this my last day <laughs> right that sometimes giving in faith is like that a lot of things in faith is like that you you kind of step out and say all right god is this solid ground do you still got me? And that's okay. He says, try me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, sometimes when you try something new, right, you give it a what? You give it a taste. 
And then at that point, if you like it, you tear into it, right? So that's what he said. Taste. Try it. So give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. Look at that. Whatever you give is acceptable if what? If you give it eagerly. So, so God is not worried about the amount, is he? He's not like, well, wait a minute, you know. Ryan, you only gave $10, but Erica there, she gave $25. What's going on with you? He doesn't say that. It's all about your attitude and your heart and your spirit. He said, if you give it eagerly, then whatever you give, hey, that's wonderful. Why? Because God wants your heart. He's not worried about your money. Why does God need money? He's God. (laughs) Right? To hear some of these preachers, you think God's broke all the time. He said, and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Okay? Please don't ever feel pressure to to give, you know, to go in debt trying to give to the kingdom of God, whether it's here or any other ministry God leads you to give to, or any other work of God. He said, give what you have. Be smart about this. Verse 13, of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now, you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they will have plenty and can share with you when you're in need. And this way, things will be equal. That's a very reasonable, wonderful kingdom concept, isn't it? Every single one of us in this room, even the, quote, poorest of us in in this room, live like kings compared to 70% of the world. In reality, we live like royalty. God has blessed us. Man, why wouldn't we want to be part of his wonderful plan to, to minister to those around us, to meet needs all over the world, right? All right, so we're going to hop to uh, chapter 9 real quick. Everyone still with me? Yeah. All right, I promise this isn't going to take a whole lot longer. Someone say amen. Amen. I want to say this. I love, absolutely love the beautiful colors I'm seeing over here with the, some of the Nigerian clothes. I love it. Thank you all for wearing that. I love the, the multi-ethnic flock God has brought together because that's indicative of the kingdom of God. And I love, I'm going to say this, that the, the two folk that we are actually putting, going to pray onto the board today, both of them are from Nigeria. We've got a lot of Nigerians in this, in this uh, flock. And I thank God for it. You know why? Because all the Nigerians smile all the time. The rest of y'all, your resting face is very scary. And sometimes when I'm up here preaching, y'all are just. And so I look at my Nigerian flock. Because look, Brother Tokes is always smiling at me. Look at that. See? Look at that. He may be going, Pastor Dave has lost his mind and I'm not getting a thing out of this. But he's still smiling at me. It encourages me. So thank y'all, thank my Nigerian brothers and sisters for hanging with me in this. And he says, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. He's like, look, you guys already know, man, it's in your heart. He said, for I know how eager you are to help. And I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece 
were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, he's like, man, I've been bragging about you guys. He said, in fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. Isn't that awesome to think that if we, if we are a church with a mindset just to give, that that can inspire other believers to be part of this? And, and I'm going to get to you that there is a blessing and a reward for us. And, and we're going to get to it. It's, it's really cool. And no, it's not a million dollars. I would, man, I wish I could preach. Man, I would love to preach that. Hey, give us $100. God, give you a million. I wish I could preach that so bad. I can't, though. It's not in there. It's not in the Word. Uh, he said, in fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up all the Macedonian believers to begin giving a year ago. So I thought I should send these brothers, meaning Titus and, and the crew, ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready. But I want it to be with a willing, I want it to be a willing gift, not one giving given grudgingly. Once again, Paul's not putting a money amount on there. He's not worried about the amount. What his concern is, he wants the heart to be right. And that's really our heart. That's why we don't talk about money. God's going to provide. We want everybody to have the right heart about the kingdom of God around here. Amen. Amen. Remember this. This is a, this is a beautiful concept. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds, will get a small crop. He's still going to get a crop. So even if you're like, look, this is all I got to give. Hey, you're still going to get a crop from that. Praise God. He said, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You know, this, it's just the way it is, right? You plant seed, the amount of seed you get, even if you plant two, ear of, or two seeds of corn, and if you get two stalks of corn, well, that's the potential for several hundred more seed just from that alone, right? Now, if you plant a hundred seeds of corn, yeah, you're going to get a ton. You're going to get several thousand seeds, right? That's just the way God created his nature. And it's the same thing with this that he's teaching. But, but look at verse 7. You must each decide in your heart. There it goes again. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. That's why we just don't spend a lot of time talking about it around here. I don't want anyone to feel pressured. I don't want anyone to feel guilty. I don't want anyone to feel manipulated. I want everyone to fall in love with Jesus so much that when Jesus tells you to do something, you have so much faith in him, you're going to do it no matter what it is. Amen. Period. Whether it's giving money, whether it's volunteer. Matter of fact, if, if you want me to twist your arm, I'll twist your arm to come volunteer. We need that. <laughs> Trust me, the crew in the morning saying amen to that. Keep your money. Just show up and volunteer and set up chairs for us, right? <laughs> Look at that. Revival's breaking up. <laughs> so he says, for God loves a person. He, he's quoting uh, Solomon here. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So if you got a bad attitude today, don't write a check. Man, we don't want that attitude transferred into our bank account, right? For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Isn't that awesome? Generously. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's the beautiful thing about it. Man, when you give, God blesses you, and from that abundance you can say, hey, look, I, I want to sow into the kingdom of God. Sow it. Why? Because he's just going to give you more anyway. 
And the more you give, he's like, man, you want to, because really the blessing is in giving. It's not really in receiving, is it? It's really knowing you have the ability to bless. Some of the biggest givers that I know are part of this church. And some of them will give in some ridiculous ways. Not necessarily even just this church, to other things or to other families. And they do it in a way that no one even knows it's them. And then they sit back like some kids on Christmas and they're like giddy about it. Because they know how much that family's being blessed. And they don't get anything in return. No notoriety, no nothing. But God keeps blessing them. Why? Because he knows they're just going to turn around and keep doing it. That's, that's part of the cool thing. And we're going to talk about that here in just one moment. Verse 9, as the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one, I love this, verse 10, for God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. Say, so, Why would a farmer get super greedy with a seed and not want to plant it? Because God's the one that gave him the seed in the first place, right? So I worked hard for that money. Well, who do you think gave you the job and the opportunity to get the income? It was the Lord, the favor of God. And he's going to keep doing it if you're faithful with him. He said he provides seed for the farmer and bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So, hey, will God create a harvest in you? Yes, a harvest of what? Generosity. Man, my prayer for this flock, I want everyone financially to see increase this coming year in 2023. I want your household to be so blessed I want you to have more in your bank account than what you've ever had. Because I want you to add on to your house. I don't care. I don't know what you would do. whatever you want with it. Is it, oh, look, the preacher's trying to get more money. No, listen, the way we're set up, my salary is set. So even if we took in $5 million today, I'm still making my salary. <laughs> so it doesn't go up or down per that, right? That's not the way it works. I just, man, I want you guys to be so blessed so that you can become bigger blessings in the kingdom and you can experience what we're about to talk about here. See, he says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. He says, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving if you will embrace the ministry of giving, which is part of the ministry of who we are at Gathering Church, we are, man, I praise God. We've been a giving church. I praise God for that. Yeah. Two wonderful things takes place. Does it have anything to do with your checking account? No. He says, first of all, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to you. To God, to God, it aligns them exactly because they're, oh, Lord, you met our needs. Praise God. You're so incredible. What, what happens? They just got in alignment with his goodness and his provision. And not only that, isn't it awesome to know that their, their needs are met? Isn't it fantastic to know that we weren't just able to meet one month's need in Pakistan, but we met a quarter of a year in just a couple of minutes Praise God. Everybody ought to feel good. Man, that, if you came in in a bad mood, that ought to put you in a good mood. 
And, and, and the first thing when, when I communicated to them to let them know, hey, we took up an offer, and by the way, it's this much. Oh, man, and, and, and all the broken English that he could text, there was just nothing but praising God and giving God glory. And, and sure, he was thanking us. In the video, I thought it was cute. He said, Sir, Sir Dave and, and Mrs. Dave. <laughs> so that's why I said, Hey, Mrs. Dave, you're looking really nice today. So. <laughs> it's got a nice sound to it. <laughs> As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. Man, that's awesome. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Jesus. So that's, that's, the, first, that's the first good thing that's going to happen when you give. You know, our, this, this, this fellowship, we are so blessed. I talked about it uh, the last few weeks. Sometimes we're asked, hey, are we ever going to get our own building? We would love to get our own building. And in time when the Lord says, it's, hey, when the Lord says you need your own building, he's going to provide it because he said he's going to provide for us for our needs, right? As of right now, we have a need to meet and worship. Well, we, we've, we're able to meet here. Our rent for the year here is, is just somewhere over, just slightly over $5,000 and some change for the year. Isn't it crazy? That means it's four or 500 bucks a month. Now that's, that ain't a bad deal. But because of that, we don't have much overhead. So we're able to provide for a pastoral staff who can full-time minister to the community and the greater community. We can fund outreach efforts that we can all be a part of. We can, we can invest, you know, three to $4,000 to invest into a beach club Bible study where already 15 children at Viridian Elementary, 17 children, thank you, Becca, has, have given their heart to the Lord, made a commitment to serve God and accept the good news of Jesus Christ into their heart. And who knows how that seed's going to impact their households. How can you put a price on a soul? You know, because of that, we can, we're able to give. And, and we're able to do that because we've got 38 consistent givers. <laughs> As the Lord adds to that, praise God, we'll be able to bless more, bless more, send more. We have some mission trips we want to do. Uh, matter of fact, y'all be praying about it. I don't know. This is, the Holy Spirit ain't talking to me about this. But I, this week, he was so excited. He said, Pastor Dave, I need you to come to Pakistan. I said, whoo, Lord. Let's pray. Pray, church. He says, uh, as a, verse 14, this is the second good thing that's going to happen. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. And he says, thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. What's too wonderful for words? To have somebody pray, you, pray for you with overflowing affection. Isn't that awesome? You know, money can't buy your healing, but I've seen people pray and I've seen people healed. Money can't, all, can't put a marriage back together. But I've seen people pray and families come back together. Money can't buy your sanity. But I've seen people who've lost their mind and with prayer covering, 
God has restored them to a right mind. Ooh, there's some power in affectionate prayer. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, the Bible says. I've never found a, a scripture that says the bank account of a rich man availeth much. I wish I could preach it to you. I really do. Man, that would be cool. It's just not in there. <laughs> it's not in there. So I want to encourage you today. Embrace the ministry of giving. Ask the Lord to challenge. If that's, if that's a, a part of your faith you need to grow in, ask the Lord, Lord, help, help me to grow. Help me. As the man said to Jesus, help my unbelief. That's what he said he's going to do for us in 2023. He's going to perfect his saints. He's going to perfect our faith. Uh, say, ah, are you linking money to faith? Sure. It's part of it, right? It's part of our life. He want, he's, like I said, he's not worried about your money. He wants your whole life. Money's part of it. Am I telling you, you got to do all your giving here at, here at this fellowship? No. You give where God tells you to give. I get in trouble for other, pre, for other pastors for preaching that too. But I believe that we're part of a kingdom. And the kingdom is not just gathering church. It's, it's the work of God all over the world. And he'll instruct you where to sow what seed. Do we have needs here at gathering church? Yes. Do we need to meet budget here? Yes. Uh, if it looks like we won't meet budget, well, we got to cut back on some of our outreach. You know? Uh, We'll do that if that's what it takes. We want to be good stewards. But we don't, we don't want, uh, you know, we don't want to do that. That's really what we're about is spreading the good news of Jesus everywhere we can. And that takes resources, right? This next year, uh, just, just the business side of uh, operating a church, everything's going up, you know. You go to the grocery store, you see everything's going up. Go to the gas pump, prices are going up. Uh, so is doing business, business is going up. So there's going to be some expenditures that we're going to be praying about and looking at at the board meeting, be praying for us. Uh, so the budget needs may slightly grow, which means we're going to be dependent on the goodness and faithfulness of the church and of God to, to meet those needs. Amen. Uh, so just be praying for us. We want to be good stewards because they're... Pastor, don't get to go crazy with the money and do what, what, what everything he wants to do necessarily. Uh, uh, we, are, we, we are in uh, uh, accountability to our elder board. That's how, that's how it's, uh, it operates around here. All of us pastoral staff don't get to just go nuts with, with the finances. We do give account to the elder board who helps us with the fiduciary uh, responsibilities. Amen. Uh, now the children are coming in because we got some staff that are going to come in and help us with this. Uh, we're, we're about to pray two wonderful people onto our board. Uh, now these two people are actually replacing two seats that were available. Uh, uh, one was uh, made open by Carrie Kimball. Most of us are aware of, of her brain aneurysm that took place uh, three and a half years ago. She's not at a you know, while we praise God for the progress she's made, uh, and, and I, I was blessed to get to hug on her earlier this week, I bumped into them out at the, the coffee shop. Uh, 
Uh, at the same time, she's not at a place to serve in that capacity. Another seat was made available by the, the departure of uh, JJ, John Jordan. And so uh, with much prayer, uh, the board has uh, 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 filled those spots with Ronti. All these years, I can't say it right. Okanaran. Okanaran, I got it, crushed it. Ronte Okanaran, and also our beloved Bode Alatunde, both of which are, are wonderful people of faith. Uh, Ronte serves as uh, an attorney. Uh, Bode is a banker. And, and uh, we, we praise God because our board is made up of wonderful, godly, faith-filled professionals in business, which is good because that's what they do is they take care of the business side of the church so that all of us wacky pastor types get to take care of all y'all, right? <laughs> so, and to keep us separate, it's just good checks and balances, amen. Uh, so at this time, I'm going to ask if the musicians want to come on back up, stay, uh, uh, even if you just want to put a ethereal pad on for me, if that makes sense. Uh, and and uh, we're going to ask... Bode and Ronte, if you'd come down, y'all have some family with you. If you want to bring the family down, we're just going to pray over you. I'm going to ask the pastoral staff and any of the board who is here today. I think we may have some board joining us remotely for our meeting. Uh, uh, I don't know how to feed gumbo through the internet, so we're going to have to do that, figure out how to do that. But but uh, if if I'll have both Ronte and Bode to, to both come down, we do have a gift for both of you. If you want to hang on to this. Oh, yes, sir. I got, oh, I got some rice for you. I promise. Bode's favorite. <laughs> we just got to get out to the Regent Pavilion afterwards. Bode's favorite food is rice. As a matter of fact, I, man, God bless Nigerians for figuring out how to trick up rice, too, man. Y'all make some of the best rice. But, <laughs> but I got, oh, I got you some rice. I promise you that. <laughs> Amen. Do we have any of the pastoral staff that will come help us pray as well? Amen. And to the family who is here, thank you so much. Ronte, this is your, your dad, correct? And, and you've spent many years in ministry as well, pastoring as well. We want to honor you. Could, would you come up here and help us lay hands on your daughter? Amen. No, you can come right, you can come right up here. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you so much. Thank you for this flock that you have sent us, this work that we're all so honored to be a part of. Lord, this is... This is your church. These are your people. Uh, and Lord, I'm just, I'm just having a blast working this vineyard with, with all my brothers and sisters. So I thank you for Ronte. I thank you for Bode. I thank you for their families. I thank you for the pillars of faith that they are. Not just to this flock, but to this community. And Lord, we, we install them officially as board members to help oversee the, the business and the finances of this flock. Anoint them in their minds to help us navigate how you would have us tend to your finances and tend to your vineyard and bless them for the time that they will serve with us. Bless their families for letting us borrow them from time to time. And let us all walk in a spirit of unity. Even 
even if we don't see eye to eye on some matters that may pop up, we can all disagree and still be unified. And you've helped us as a board to be able to do that and as a staff. So we just impart that same blessed anointing upon them. For such a time as this, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.